Hey, it's your good buddy John back with another episode of This Is Just a Phase. Uh, sorry for the three-week break in between episodes. As you may or may not have heard, I went through a move with uh, my family over into Ohio, Eastern Ohio, uh, outside of Youngstown. And um, it's been really taking up a lot of my time. So I apologize for anybody who's been waiting for an episode and Jones and to get their fix. I apologize to you. Uh, just a quick few reminders before we get started with the episode with Bree. I want to remind everybody that they can follow This Is Just A Phase Facebook group, as well as my Instagram account at jonathan.kent.311. Uh, we also launched a uh, This Is Just A Phase uh, TikTok account, uh, where I just post some stuff to get people interested in the podcast. So why don't you go ahead and take a look at that as well. And um, if you're interested in any of the bands on the label that I co-own, this is just a record label, you can head over to this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out uh, great releases by Gatlin, Letters, the Prozacs, and uh, upcoming uh, releases from the Plan Bs and less than expected. So that being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no fear to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day you wake up with the same morning Finally, I'm back with a brand new episode after a three-week break. This time, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Bree Myers, co-owner of Allegedly Records, Punk Box, Scene to Shining Scene, and the upcoming zine entitled Beyond the Pit. We chat about her starting the label and her two partners, Amy and Chris, her growing up at the Central PA scene, local venues that we both love, deciding to do Punk Box and All It Entails, and our mutual involvement in the label collective scene to shining scene. We also chat about being involved in the punk scene at an older age and how giving back to the scene is so important. So do yourself a favor and sit back and relax with this episode of This Is Just A Phase. This first song is from the Indianapolis, Indiana group Amuse and their song Telescope off their album Horsin' Around. Enjoy. Gonna need a telescope to do ever wanna see me again. You're gonna need a telescope to do ever wanna see me again. 
Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, dude, totally. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, absolutely, and, and thank you for being honored. I mean, I'm I'm really no, I'm really just uh, some dude in Ohio doing a podcast. <laughs> um, no, no, no big deal, you know. Dude, I am a chubby chick from Central PA that tells people I own a record label. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Well, I'm a chubby guy in uh, Eastern Ohio who tells people I run a, a record label <laughs> as well. Hindered spirits, my man. <laughs> <laughs> we're right. We're right on the same wavelength. We're we're yeah, good. Totally. We're like kindred spirits. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm super excited. As you know, I've uh, taken a little bit of a break from doing the podcast and uh, with the move and everything. So I was like, I got to quit fucking slack, and I need to get back to work. <laughs> right. No, I mean, movement's huge, especially across state lines and with a family. You know what? It's 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 across state lines, but like it's so close. I think I think we figured it out from our old house to the new house is like it's like 18, 18 miles. Oh, see, I would be milking that. I'd be like, oh, my God, I just moved to another state. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I do. I, I, I That's what I normally tell people. But I'm like. I'm like, but you know, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm barely in right. Ohio, <laughs> but now I'm claiming the whole fucking state. So what the hell? There do you I go. Know, right? <laughs> well, uh, for the listener, I'm talking to Bree Myers. Uh, she is a co-owner in Allegedly Records, which is based out of Pennsylvania and uh, California, right? Yep, and New York. We have a partner, Chris, up in New York. That's right. Chris is in New York. I knew there was another state I was missing on that. Yep. Um, uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, before, like, while we get started, um, me and you have talked before uh, about your journey leading up to uh, uh, getting involved with Allegedly. Uh, but for the listener, um, uh where did the idea of doing Allegedly Records come from, and how did you get partnered up with uh, Chris and Amy to do that? Um, so in the beginning, there was four of us. Um, it was Chris and two other guys from the Syracuse area, and uh, it was actually their idea, and they kind of brought me on board. Um, and, like, they mentioned it to me, and I was like, yeah, that's that's an idea, you know? 
And I don't know, I got to thinking about it and I was like, well, why not? I was like, I'm already promoting bands out there on my own just because I support them and I'm trying to get their names out there. I was like, why not just try to do it for real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we brought on Amy because we're we're old and we don't know how to do social media and she's a little fat. <laughs> so, you know, brought her on as a partner. And then I'd say probably like, oh, six months in or so, two of the guys from New York left just because it was, you know, it kind of became a thing pretty quickly and it took up a lot more time than we initially thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, so now there's three of us. Chris does like all the art and uh, pretty much like any of the cool shit you see him being posted, like art wise, that's all Chris. Um, Amy manages six of the bands and I manage six of the bands. And then she does all of the like social media work. And uh, I do like the back end stuff, like the finance and, you know, keeping track of inventory and all the the grudge work that goes into owning a business. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to you in a lot of ways because with uh, the label that I co-own, this is just record label, Mike, my partner, he does a lot of the uh, uh, stuff that Chris does. Uh, he he helps with the templates for the releases. He does the, vi- the you know, more of the visual stuff. He does the band camp site. Um, he pretty much goes and all that. And I'm, and I'm the person who deals on the ground level. I deal I deal with the bands. Um, I set up, you know, the, the, the agreements that we make with bands. I, you know, I more, more or less the face of it. And I also, and I also do a lot of the, uh, the financial things like you do. Yeah. I hate the financial stuff. I'm hoping someday we grow enough to get to a point where we can at least buy or pay for uh, an accountant. <laughs> yeah, I know that's one of the reasons why we haven't gone out and like did like an actual like um, an actual like website because like we're like let's see how this goes first, you know, be- before we decide to oh, yeah. truly market ourselves as a business. Because for the last year, we've been pretty much the the previous release basically gets funneled back into the record label and continues now we try to oh, keep yeah we we're at this for almost we're pushing 2 years you know in uh november we did a soft launch and nobody has made any money everything no. it goes into you know expenses like the website or you know we're out of merch and we need merch or so no one's no one's taking a cut of anything everything gets absolutely invested back into the business and that and that and that's and that's the same thing with us too. And and I, when when me and Mike started the label, and, I, and I'm sure you can attest to this business model as well, where I wanted to go to bands and be like, okay, everything is fifty fifty. It was that old Fat Wreck mantra, right? You know, when 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 Aaron and, and Mike started Fat Wreck, it was, you know, we just want to help bands get heard. Everything's fifty fifty. There's no you know, let's go into this with no ego. Let's go into this with we're helping each other. You know, let's, you know, I don't want, you know, I'm not going to take your masters. I'm not going to take any of this stuff. All we're trying to do is help you get promoted and help you get your name out Yeah, we don't want any of the music or the rights to our artists. Yeah. It's the easiest thing to do because you hear so many times well, I about don't like labels I, just doing just awful shit to, to, to bands. Right. Well, I don't feel like I have a right to own it. I didn't put anything into that process. Like, that's someone else's heart and soul. Like, I'm not going to put my name on it, you know? 
exactly. And I, I don't know if, if, you, if, if you've played in bands or if you're just in the... Oh, band. hell no. You don't want me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played bass, so I didn't sing. So <laughs> everybody was safe on that one with me. Um, but I, I played in bands early, in the early 2000s. So I know like how important to retain those things are. You know, those are your babies, your lyrics, right. your music. Those are Absolutely. the things that you, you know, sweat and bleed trying to get hurt. So totally. why would I ever take a, a, a piece of that? Yeah, our, uh, we, uh, our contracts are even open-ended. So if you decide tomorrow that I'm a douchebag and you don't want to work with me anymore, you take your music and your merch and you bounce. Yeah, pretty much. The well, one thing I do tell bands, and I don't know if you do this too, like we we split the merch. You know, the, the, the CDs, we do exclusively CDs. So we split the CDs. I tell a band straight up, if you decide you want to bounce, okay, but those CDs that I still have, I still have to be able to move those. But once those are moved, I won't I won't duplicate anything. Those right. are off the table now. You know, we're we're, we're done. Courtesy, and I would hope that they would give that to you as well. You know? Exactly. And I just think that's a, a perfect business model. Right. Uh, but how can we be soulmates and strangers and love in a
um, let's get back to you. Um, enough about me. Nobody wants to hear about me. <laughs> I uh, they hear they hear me drivel on enough with the two podcasts I do. So <laughs> I will um, have a very great like radio voice. It's very like booming and commanding. Oh well, thank you very much. I always got told that I should do like like do like DJ like on the radio. There you go. But like I never got like I never put myself in a position where like how would you even fucking do that? Like I live in a small town in Western Pennsylvania. Like where where would I where would I go to do that? <laughs> but um, so you're you live in Central Pennsylvania. Uh, wh- where near? I'm like halfway between Altoona and uh, State College. Okay, okay. I I thought Altoona was was right, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Like right, um, but literally. Go ahead. State. What's that? I'm literally right smack in the middle of the state. Right smack dab in the middle of the state. And uh, for the listener, we met at uh, uh, one of you know your one of your bands and one of my bands played a show together, Abuse yep. and Gatlin, and that's how we actually met face to face. Right. Um. What um and when I came to find out too that you have ties to Pittsburgh. Were you were you raised in Pittsburgh or were you just going to Pittsburgh because of what was going on with just the, scene? the music scene? Um, the majority of my friends, like my at least my you know like scene friends, like show friends, live in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, we get a little bit here in Central PA. There's a little spot called McGarvey's, and. Mm-hmm great because he catches like touring bands as they go from like philly to pittsburgh and back and forth yeah so on like a random tuesday night you'll be able to catch like oh my god like strung out or you know like just some random act but like pittsburgh usually had a pretty happening scene and i'm more like geared toward the local level of music Mm. like i i like more like the local acts than versus like the national touring ones um now were you living in Altoona I know you t- El- Altoona area um in the in the early 2000s they had a lot of they had a really good hardcore scene going on in, in Central yeah. PA I was actually at the other end I lived in State College in the early 2000s okay and uh, the punk scene there was fucking huge can I say you fuck on your show oh yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> a- anything goes on this show you should listen to some of the episodes I've done like <laughs> because it flies out of my mouth often <laughs> but, um, but um yeah like there was a huge huge punk scene in state college in like the late 90s and early 2000s and like there was this little vfw where you could do the you know the the five bands for five dollars mm-hmm. i don't know like tons of just basement shows and i don't know so i was more on that end than like the altoona hardcore scene at that time okay yeah i i came up in uh i grew up in a, in a small small town on the line in western pa called sharon i know sharon. And, you know you know sharon <laughs> yeah um i grew up there and there was really nothing going on in sharon at the time but i had a couple friends who went to college up near erie and uh i got it like in the late 90s i started seeing bands coming out of like the uh the uh, franklin oil city area and that was my first like like that was my first time ever seeing local bands because sure. I didn't even really knew local bands existed. Cause like I said, Sharon had a couple bands, but they were like new metal. Right. Cause this was like 96, 97. Everybody wanted to sound like corn. You <laughs> <laughs> may have had a couple corn cover bands. Oh yeah. There, my my uh, buddy of mine was in a band called Cork. And I was like, how much are you trying to sound like fucking corn? It's like <laughs> a band's called Cork. <laughs> 
But um, so like um, so like getting involved. When when did you first get involved in the local scene? Like what what kind of shows were you going to? Um, what was what was getting your attention early on? Getting in get into punk rock. I would say probably like. 2000 so like 98 99 i lived in the dominican republic oh wow okay i moved back and uh spent my senior year of high school in a town called tyrone and then i immediately moved to state college um so yeah i was probably like 18 years old and i was going to see like local acts there was uh no on 15 was a band who else uncle traveling matt like just all these great like just like basement garage bands that we would all just go and see on Friday, Saturday nights. And then uh, there was a place called the Crowbar uh, in downtown State College, and they had underage punk shows all the time. So I got to see, like, Face to Face, and I think, like, Newfound Glory opened for them, like, before they were even, like, a thing. And, oh, my God, Voodoo Glow Skulls and Guar, and just, like, so many amazing bands when I was, like, 18, 19 years old. Funny that you bring up the crowbar. I actually saw uh, uh, the Bloodhound Gang. It was right after they released One Fierce Beer Coaster. Okay. Before they got like real huge. Right. And it was it was in State College at the Crowbar. Yeah, that venue used to be amazing. Yeah, I think I was like sixteen or something like that, or seventeen. Like venues like that were clutch. I think mm-hmm. in. in people to the the punk scene you and know what I, I i couldn't agree more yeah and we didn't have any other options i mean like we had little vfws and of course people were always throwing shows in their basements but like you're not gonna get food to glow skulls to go to someone's garage <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless you're from around youngstown and that's pretty commonplace <laughs> but, <laughs> the stories my brother the story my brother-in-law tells me all the time he, he could tell me some crazy stories and i'm like dude seriously and he's like yeah i was like how do you get involved in those things <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead i'm sorry not to interrupt oh no i but so i don't know i think that there's not a lot of venues like that anymore you know what there really isn't and like you know you know we're roughly the, the same age yep i'll be 41 in november Oh, I just turned forty-one. So okay, we're we're on we're on the same page. Like, so you remember the basement shows? You remember the the Knights of Columbus Hall shows? Yep. Um. Yeah. Like that's it's starting to come back. I mean, that's how I got into all. That's how I started going to shows until I went to Pittsburgh and and started discovering that there were bigger venues and stuff like that, like Laga and MIT. Um. Right. So like um. But, like, that, I think it's starting to come back. Like, we have a venue in, in Youngstown called the uh, the Wickyards. And it's it's all ages. It's a it's an old um, funeral home. And uh, the kid that, the, the, the kid, he's an adult. But the, the guy who runs it, um, his, his family owns it. And he throws shows there, like, when they're not doing, like, you know, like haunted tours during Halloween and stuff. It's like you know, all ages can come. Like you can come. It's like I, I was like, I hope I forgot about the venues being like that, and now I, it's starting to come back. Um, there's a great place in Pittsburgh called Two 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 Ormsby's. Oh, I know Two Two Ormsby's. Yeah, and uh, it's all ages. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I've I've never been there, but I've heard of it. Um, yeah, because the guy, the guys that do uh, some die nameless do a lot of promotion yep. through there. Yep. Yep. And uh, 
Paul Neal with Kadzulu that we've been with been working with recently. He uh, mm-hmm. he's a big supporter, and I don't know if he's putting on shows there often these days, but he used to. Yeah, I came across those guys in some guy nameless because um, I used to go to a lot of shows um, around the 2010 at um, at the Fallout Shelter in Aliquippa. Yeah, yeah. And I would see bands like uh, Children of October. My friend, my friend's uh, band used to play there all the time. Uh, Dead City Dealers, uh, the Scratch and Sniffs would play there. Rocky Dennis Face, those bands. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I got to get down to twenty-two, twenty-two. Yeah, Derek, my first like connections in the Pittsburgh scene when I started all of this jazz years ago. Oh, okay. So you 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 got involved with those guys early on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like you know business wise involved, but we we do a lot of things together. Um, Punk Box, actually, one of my businesses is, and Ska Box is sponsoring uh, Steel City Ska. Oh, that's right, you're doing Ska. That's right, I, I forgot that you were doing that. Yeah. Um, then that's gonna have what the the toasters and who else is playing that? Oh my goodness, um, the Burn Rides and. You're putting me on the spot. I have no idea. <laughs> a, a bunch of ska bands. Yeah. A bunch of bands with horns. <laughs> All right, don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to ask you about punk box. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, what what do you do with punk box? So punk box is like a monthly subscription service, like uh, women get with like makeup and bullshit like that. But uh, this is all like things from the punk scene. So CDs and vinyl and stickers and buttons and shirts. And we've done crazy stuff where we've found authors in the scenes and we have purchased their books and put them in the boxes. Um, artwork. I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. And we put it in the box and we mail it to you every month. Nice. And how much is, is a subscription to that every month? Um, so just a single subscription is $35 and uh, it's free shipping. But then you can get three, six, and 12-month subscriptions, and it goes down in price. Um, and we're running sales all the time. And if you get a 12-month subscription, you also get, like, a free gift at the end of your subscription. Oh, no shit. Now, now, how do like how did you approach the idea of doing that? Because you, you have a partner in that, in that as well, correct? I have two partners. Yeah, Amy is uh, who runs my other businesses with me. And then Cassie, the owner of Skybox, is our other partner. Okay. Um, how did you come up with the idea of doing that? I mean, was it, was it a, a thing that came about, you know, during the pandemic of trying to still get music out to people or did um, it come about another way? So Cassie had Skybox first. Okay. And, uh, Amy and I had kind of kicked around and we had worked a lot with Skybox in the beginning with allegedly, we put out a bunch of comps and put them exclusively in her boxes and stuff. Okay. I kicked around the idea and we talked to Cassie and Cassie was like, yeah, I've been kind of working. Excuse me. Something similar. So we were just like, well, we should just combine forces at that point, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. So we just, I don't know. We just started putting uh, our shit together and getting our names out there. And here we are. No. And I noticed too, with, with, with your label, like you, you have a couple, you know, you have a Scott band on your label. Um, uh, they're called the Skluts. Am I saying that right? Um, I call them the Skluts. I guess I don't ever, I never really verified. <laughs> skluts, Skluts. I, uh, yeah. And we, uh, we have another one, Amy Gabba and the Almost Famous. Is yes, that- Amy Gabba and the Almost yeah. Famous. I don't want to forget about her in that in that band as well. Um, which you sent me when I, when I did my radio, when I did my radio program episode, you had sent me way more tracks than I was expecting. <laughs> And I had to comb through. I was like, every band that you you sent me, I fucking loved. Well, thank you. That makes me very, very happy. You know, and it's and it's. I, I'm just gonna throw some bands out there. Uh, Amuse that we talked about earlier from from Indianapolis. Yep. Uh, uh, Amy Gabin, almost famous. You have City Escape artists from Pittsburgh. Uh, Last Point from California. Paperback Tragedy. I believe they're out of Delaware. Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. Out of Baltimore. Yep. Um, the Skluts that we talked about. I mean, curse words, idle minds. Uh just oh shit. I don't even know the the snip you just announced in, in personal prices. Um all these bands, I mean, they're just one banger after another. I was combing through the tracks going, I can't all put out allegedly record songs. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I fought the urge to. Or we can do just that or something. <laughs> Maybe. But I did. I, I, I used so many tracks on it. And you are so honored. Uh, it, no, I'm honored too because I, I got exposed to so much good music that I, 
I don't think I would have been exposed to had I not had I not met you, had I not talked to you, had I, I, I had the conversation hanging out. And then, you know, um, the partnership that a bunch of us have together in, in, a, in a project called uh, Shine, uh, Sea to Shining Scene um, that a bunch of other labels are involved with. Like, I'm getting exposed to so much good music just being around not only you, but the, the other labels. It's like, like, I feel honored being a part of it because there's so, so many people are representing so much good music coming out right now. Well, first of all, that was probably one of the biggest fucking compliments of my life. So, <laughs> so you're welcome. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Dude, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I want to be genuine and 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 real as possible. But the 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 thing that taught me, and I, I'm sure you went through the same thing with with everything that's happened in the last two years. The only thing that seemed to get so many of us out of it whether it was just dealing with our mental health or or dealing with the daily, you know, still having to go to work every day, still having to do all these things. Uh, for a lot of us, it was discovering new music. It, it was, you know, still having the love of trying to keep your sanity during a, during a hard time. Yeah, that's legit. And, and, and now that we're, you know, two years, you know, two years later, it's like every time I come across bands and, and, and music, I just... I feel like I'm 13 years old again. Right? Isn't that the, I always get sad because like there's so much music out there and I'm never going to be able to listen to all of it. I know. I know. Like every time something gets released, I'm like I know I got to do it, but I don't. I'm so poor. <laughs> I always band camp listen until it's like open your pocketbook and I'm like but I can't right now I know I was like I, I own a record label I'm so poor <laughs> <laughs>
half the time they don't want to be around me. <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? So what, 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 this is the best, time. this is the best time to do it. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. So late thirties, I went through a divorce, mm. basically had to start over. And I was like, this is my only life that I get. And so this time around, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to do what makes me happy. And I'll work a bullshit job on the side that pays my bills, you know? Mm -hmm. Luckily, I got fortunate. I don't have a bullshit job. I work with some friends and I actually have a really kick-ass job, but, you know. Well, that that's good because not a lot of people can <laughs> say that. But, it, I mean, but too, it, it barely pays the bills and we squeak by, but I'm doing what I want. And for maybe once in my life, I'm doing it because it just purely makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Now, did you did you find too? And you know, I don't usually, I, I don't usually think about things so deeply. But as I've gotten older, you know, when I turned forty or I was approaching forty, like I started getting a lot of clarity. Like I'm getting older, you know. You spend your time going through the, you know, time trap. Time goes fast. Time moves quickly. Your kids grow up, you know, quick. Yeah. And you do, a, and so one minute you're 25 years old in, in a pit, and next thing you know, you're 40 years old looking. Go, where the fuck did the last 15 years go? Dude, I just got my driver's license. How the fuck am I 40? Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, 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 but you know, like, I feel like it wasn't all that long ago that I too was a teenager, and now I have a kid about ready to drive. It's, it's wild. I have uh, I have two teenagers and I have an almost eleven year old and my oldest, my daughter, she's going into her senior year, and I'm just like, when the fuck did that happen? Right? <laughs> like when did when did that happen? Like I used to be her. Like I used to be like going out with my friends doing all this stuff, and it's like, but at the same time, I'm forty. I'm not that old, and I I can go do the same things like that I did then. Except I got to go to work the next day and I can't drink as much. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so do you, do, did you feel like when, when you got, when you got approached to do the record label and to do punk box, did you feel that you were throwing yourself into doing all of it because you, you, you were starting to feel that way? You were like, I got to start like, not that it was pressure, but like you were like, you know, done making excuses why I can't do it. I'm going to fucking do it. This is, this is always what I wanted to do. Let's get it done. So it's funny when I was in college, like I wanted to manage bands, like mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And I kind of let everyone talk me out of it because everyone's like, yeah, but is that really what you're going to want to do in 20 years? Are you really going to have blue hair in 20 years? Are you really going to be covered in piercings in 20 years? Little did they fucking know. Right. And but so I did. I conformed and I fucking went to work for a bank and I made a lot of fucking money, but I was fucking miserable every day of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I think slowly over the years, I kind of like shed that whatever people thought I should be doing. Yeah. Ultimately, they're not paying my bills, you know. Exactly. And I and I just and it's it is so cool that I that I'm that I, I get to meet you and you know the other people that I've met through through, through uh, Shining Scene, um, who were all in in that similar boat. All even though we're all older. We all have tons of experience. We all know what we want. We all know how to treat people. Um, 
you know, and 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 now I can look at bands not having seen bands for so long. Now that I have the opportunity to go out and see bands again, it's like there's I'm looking at everything like with like clear eyes and seeing like the beauty in like every single band I watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, what else do you have your hand in? Because you seem to like you seem to have your hand in like everything. Like you're <laughs> you're just like, oh, there, Brie popped up again. Like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> um, so I also own a publishing company with Amy and uh, another woman named Carly. <clears throat> and uh we actually brought you on board and we brought a, a bunch of other cool people on board. And uh I think we're gonna take a stab at the online zine business. Yes. And what is the title of this zine that we're going to be taking part in? Beyond the Pit. Beyond the Pit. And what is your uh, idea for the structure of the zine? And uh, what do you hope to get out of doing it? Um, so I think it'll definitely be online based. I don't think printing and mailing things is like a feasible financially sound decision to do, you know. Especially with everybody being kind of all over the place geographically. Really? Um, but so I started all of this craziness back in the day with a blog and I would go to shows and I would review them and people would send me their albums and I would review them. And like, there's not really much like that out there anymore. And that like breaks my little writer heart because from that, it was such a stepping stone to such crazier, bigger things, you know? I know, and it was so weird. Like, like you just mentioned, like, you don't see it too much. Like, my buddy had a, I think it was, like, a tripod account, and he was doing, like, an online zine, and you're talking 15, 20 years ago. And technology has come so much better. Like, why don't, like, why don't we see online zines anymore? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, but so we brought you on and who else? Damon Workman from Bipolar. Mm -hmm. uh, Larry from River Monster. That's right. Um, and a buddy of mine named Ethan, who um, he was like one of the first punk rock kids that I ever met, like moving to state college. Like, like I want to say punk rock kids like had the mohawk and the studded jacket and was like I, I'm from like like the skate punk scene so like so I, am I so am I like the, the so yeah like, the the the, was, the the 60 inch bells uh, and shit yeah genre that you like got along with and uh <laughs> he introduced me to a ton of great like skinhead reggae like I don't know toots and the maytals and just all kinds of all kinds of music and uh it was something he said he was always thinking about doing and I was like well fuck it come on now's the time that's awesome. Now, are you do you plan on doing like reviews, uh, like scene reports? Like, what 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 is your what's your overall view for Beyond the Pit? So, I think we'll have it in like different sections. So, we'll have a section for reviews, and I would like to highlight like the venues in our areas that maybe don't get all the the spotlight that they deserve. You know. Mm -hmm. um, I think we could have a place where we like, you know, put current episodes of all the podcasts that we're all involved in. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of potential. And I think we're in like the very early stages. So nothing's quite mapped out in stone. It's just more brainstorming, kicking ideas out, seeing how we all, you know, fit with those ideas, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love it that you're in the same mindset. Like we're all helping each other get our, our in our our own individual projects heard as well. Whether it's you know there's 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 some of us who do podcasts. Or some of, we all do record labels. We you know a bunch of us promote shows. Like, but we all want to see each other be successful, and we want to see everybody's ventures get 
get the attention that they deserve. Absolutely. 100%. And I, and I love that you guys, I love that you guys are doing that. Uh, I love that you reached out to, to, to me and my partner, Mike, um, reached out to all the band, you know, all the, all the other labels and the, and the podcasters and the promoters. Um, I, I really the, the last, what has it been? Six, five, six months. Um, whenever I first met you, it's, it's, it's like, you're, you're doing it exactly how I am where like, you know, we're, we're focused. We want to see these bands be successful. We want to see other people be successful. And we all want to just, we all want to be each other's cheerleaders. Absolutely. And I, and I really appreciate the stuff that you and you and Amy and Chris do um, organizing all the things that you guys are a part of. Well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And, and, and I hope, you know, wh whoever listens to this episode goes out and checks out um, your work with allegedly records um, goes out and checks out punk punk box who goes out and check out um, the beyond the pit when we, when, when you guys get ready to launch that um, and, and, and all the other stuff that you, that you have planned. I, I really like to see you guys, get a lot of eyes on you and, and um, all the, because of all, all the kind stuff that you guys are doing. Oh, well, thank you. And back at you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, but Bree, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to sit down and bullshit with me. Um, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I just had to wait for the perfect time to get you on. And our, uh, our uh, schedules finally uh, crossed together and we were able to do this. <laughs> Yeah, I had an amazing time. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will be talking to you probably later on. Sounds great. <laughs> you take. You have a wonderful night. I'll talk to you later. See you, man. See you, homie. Catch you later, Bree. Bye.